Revivify, design and building pros podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Revivify podcast. I'm your host, Grace Mace. Today, we're speaking with Lucinda Wong. She is a homeowner who's going through a massive renovation projects and has a lot of great tips, and I'm dying to get start the conversation with her. Welcome, Lucinda. Thank you so much, Grace, for having me. Well, I know you've gone through a lot of exciting part of the projects, but also there were some challenges. And I'd love for you to share some of your perspective, your experiences for other homeowners to understand as they're navigating through their projects. So how did you get started? And at what point did you decide we need to renovate our home? Well, we bought a house after we had our first daughter. And at that time, I think she was probably about 18 months old. So we, we, we bought a house and it was one story and it was not exactly the layout that we wanted. We knew that as the kids grew older and also with our aging parents, we wanted a house that had the right number of bedrooms to be able to grow within that house. And we started to look within our city to see if we could purchase a house that was slightly bigger. However, we knew that whatever house we'd buy, we would need to remodel it. So that's when we just embarked on the journey to start thinking about the process of remodeling. And that was back in 2018. So what was your first step? Actually, before that time, I think five years before that, we actually met with our financial advisor and we created a trust at that point in time. And I was still working as well. And we both started saving money in that trust for that, for the house. But um, that's all we did up, up in the beginning. And then I think around 2018, that's when we started to engage the process of looking for an architect. And how do you even define who, who do you select for architect? Obviously, various architects that have different styles and specialties. How did you make those kind of trade off this thought process? That was tough. I think finding an architect, not exactly knowing your style and what you wanted. And there's so many architects out there ranging in price and cost. I think the first place I went was just starting to talk to friends, people in the neighborhood. And uh, in the city that we live in, the process, from what I've heard, is quite intense. I just heard it takes a long time to get things approved. But yet I did not quite know what that meant. So when I did speak with one of my neighbors who said that they had a house that they remodeled and it was a, is it like a heritage house or? Okay. So I, I knew that it was quite a lengthy process and that he, he went through that process well and the city loved what he did with the house in going from sort of um, more of a, the traditional architecture of, of the city that we live in and then transitioning that to a very modern house in the back. So we got a lot of praise for that. So I think that's what kind of led me in the direction of hiring the architect that we did. But of course, with any interviewing process, it's important. What I've been told is to at least interview three different architects just to get an idea. So that's what we did. All the other architects that we hired were also um, referrals from neighbors. So I think that's the process we went through. Of course, I think at that point in time, I didn't know there was a such thing as design build firms. So I think I've learned a little bit after the fact, but I think you just have to be able to explain to the person what you want in terms of layout of your house. I think that was most important, being able to not get too caught up with what looks pretty on paper and pictures, but how does your family live? What do you really need? So I think that that was helpful in the process. 
I love that you actually think about what lifestyle your family would operate on and what means to you, what's important to you. And I think that the key point that you mentioned is so valuable is not to focus on what's on paper, what's beautiful eye candy, but it's really how you plan to live and how do you want your house reflecting to your lifestyle? One thing that I'm so thankful that we did after we hired our architect was we did hire an interior designer who served as a space planner. So I think that really helped us be comfortable with the decisions that we made in terms of the layout that we wanted. A lot of times what I had noticed with our architect is they weren't thinking about how a family operates. I remember there was a things that I wouldn't even realize having a door from the garage going straight into the dining room. To me, it sounded fine. But then to the interior designer with the knowledge that she had, she said, what I picture is you walking in that door, throwing all the things that you have onto the dining room. And I said, oh, yes, that would be what happened. So I think that that was key to feeling comfortable with signing off on the floor plan was having someone up front to help with the the space planning aspect of it. Just even to have bounce ideas of knowing that, all right, garage is situated here and here's the door into the rest of the living space, living quarter. And how do you then navigate physically going through the space? And that space planning is so critical. Often architects focus on the structure of the house Mm -hmm. and it's good to complement with the interior designer. They think about the interior space of the traffic flow. How does that work with each other? I never even knew that existed. So I was, I was thankful that I did have that. I would have been sad if I realized after the fact. But then just like anything, especially in design phase, I think there's a very, it's like a riding an emotional roller coaster. There's ups and downs and so forth. And there are definitely highs. What were your highs you experienced during the design phase? I think money plays a big part in in the design phase. I think there's a lot that we wanted up front and starting off the process, we had sort of a set amount of money we wanted to spend on the house remodel. What that led to was a design based on square footage that didn't quite meet our needs. We wanted a space upstairs, a loft area for kids to be able to do their homework. But I think because of the square footage that we were sort of parameters around it based off of how much it would cost to build, we were kind of stuck in between that, what we wanted and, and what we were comfortable paying. So I think with a lot of that pool, um, over time, we realized, well, spending money on your house, you're adding value, whatever it is. How about we wait a little bit to really save the money that we need and be able to get the house that we want. Since we're going to be uprooted from where we live anyways, right. we might as well try to get our most important items and wait a little bit before we actually embark on the, in the process. And it sounds like you have your priorities set and that helps you to negotiating those discussions. Right. So, I mean, you should at least, you should always have the top things in your mind, what you want. Right. So for for me, it was, we we want more light. So we want to make sure that the house has enough light. We want direct entry into the house. That was super important. Having, you know, master downstairs, for aging parents. These were three things that we can compromise on. So knowing exactly what you're trying to achieve in the remodel, not just that you want more space in general, but how is it going to serve you? It sounds like it's more emotional priorities and make sure you, when your parents come visit or elderly family member come visit, you have a comfortable place for them to stay at at the first floor so that they, don't, they do not have to climb up the stairs. 
and just even have a, a place for kids to enjoy their time being grow up and have their childhood and ha- saving almost holding a space for them is very important for you as well. That's definitely true. And and for the parents aspect, what's funny is my parents, they always say, I never want to live with you. You, <laughs> They want to give us our space. But then at the right. same time, you, you never know what life will, will hand you. So you want to be prepared for it ahead of time in case there comes a, a situation where parents are living with you or if you break an ankle or something, you can't climb the stairs. I think That's it's all is a good layout to have some sort of master on the first floor. That's true. And we talked about the highs. Now let's talk about any lows during your design phase, besides the budget portion that you mentioned earlier. I guess lows in terms of, I think a lot of times there could be some friction between an architect and a contractor. I think that's natural, what I've noticed and what I've learned from talking to other people. And I know a lot of times you might pick someone that is a design build firm, which has its benefits. I feel like if you do go that route, there's a benefit of being able to possibly complete the project earlier because you're doing both. The same person or same firm is doing both. However, I've noticed that it actually has some positive aspects as well because even though there were times where there's a different pool and they're not quite getting along and being in the middle of it can be difficult, at the same time, there's been incidences where they were able to come together with different sets of opinions and meet and actually come up with something that maybe the other person did not think of. And in the end, that benefits the homeowner because you end up with different minds coming together and solving a problem. And there were two incidences that I can think of, which I won't elaborate on on this call, but they came out with a better outcome in the end. So I think sometimes there's a benefit there, even though it it might feel like people aren't getting along and might be a low point, but I see benefit in it. That's great. And I think that's a valid point to know that at times when there's a design professional and building professional, they may have a different perspective, but as the owner, you ultimately bring that conversation back and helping them to focus on why they're there, the purpose of being there. Not only to you know design something that's they're proud of, but also more importantly, design something you want to live in, as well as for the construction or building professional for them to understand they're building something for you, for your family, and make it work for you, not just something good on paper as well. So kudos to you to recognize that the challenges at times and the low points, but really bring them together and really convert into a better outcome for everyone. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't think that type of dynamic works, but in my eye. Now that I look back in retrospect, I think, I think it kind of did help us. As you mentioned, some homeowners may not realize these kind of design build, art design, professional, and so forth, the different specialties and how they contribute to overall projects. Now, let's talk about some of the common things that you also heard from other homeowners, their concerns before you or during projects. And what were the ones that you heard so far and how have you experienced them yourself? Well, I think what's interesting when you mention the concerns and challenges when you speak with other people, which brings me to some quote that I still remember from my neighbor who said, I would rather chop off my leg than to do another remodel. And that will always, (laughs) they'll always stand out in my head because I think it's so funny because I think the consensus is, is, I can't believe you're doing this. I would never do it again. And that is scary for anybody to hear. Of course, they're happy in the end. I think what you always hear is it's going to be twice cost that you've budgeted for. It'll take twice as long. 
And you kind of know that going into it, but then at the same time, you think and you hope that you're not going to be that statistic. But I think you just have to not let it get you down. Realize that sometimes with projects, things are going to happen that are unexpected. I think going into the project, I kept on saying to myself, I need to start this before it starts raining. You have all these expectations up front. But in the end, I talked to my cousin who lives in Toronto and she's, he said, it's going to rain during your remodel. Don't worry about it so much. Right. Worry about things that you can control. Right. So, and a lot of times you can't control a lot of it, but I think being able to stay in the loop with your contractor is most important. So you understand where this, why things are happening the way they are. And if you don't know that why, then try to, try to figure it out somehow. Right. You brought a really two key points. One is to understand why things happen. Project bound to have delays. Just there's some things that you have no control over. But at the same time, there's also things that you have control over is your mindset and expect the unexpected versus get overwhelmed when things come up. And I think that's why your project is going relatively smoothly, mainly tribute to your attitude about the project and your willingness to learn about why and then discovering how, then figure out the details of what. That is a key for me successful projects really tribute to those two elements of mindset, positive mindset, and also to in constant willing to learn versus having attitudes should be done a certain way. Right. Because a lot of times, I mean, it may, may fall on the contractor in your mind. And if you don't ask why, there's other variables that maybe the contractor is not expressing to you. And of course, with every project, there's other people that they're relying on too. And you might not know that going into it. It might just seem like getting caught up in hearing your neighbors passing by. Why is there any work on your house? <laughs> Things like that, that, that you hear, but then they don't know what's going on. I think it's important to not let it affect you and do a little more digging. And, and then you'll, you'll find out and you have to be patient. And truthfully, just because just in general profession who decide to pursue in construction or tend to be in their mind, they're clear because they know exactly how things are going to out. But sometimes they may not be as effective communicating outward to share their insights with you or how their plans are mapping out. And so that's where the miscommunication could happen. This expectation will be misaligned. And so one of the good advice you offer is always ask questions and learn and figure out why and then figure out how if they can provide that information to you. Right. And I think that's also an area that could get stressful is because in your head, there's all these open items in your head and you're not sure when they need to be solved. You're not sure the order of when they need to be solved. So I think what helped me was I started putting it all down on paper and making sure to have a meeting, high, medium, and low, and having the architect and the contractor help to figure out what is high, medium, low, which one is in, which items are, the decision is in the homeowner's court versus which items are in the contractor's court or the architect's and which ones are most important. And I think seeing it on paper and being able to pinpoint what needs to be solved first helped me not get so stressed out. I think that that was pretty important as well. That's a great tip about actually uh, you're a trainer as a project manager. So you understand the concept of managing a project. No matter the complexity, you break things down in chunks where you can digest. Even at the, the task level, you, you're now able to break it down to the next level of the 
high, medium, low to understand what this, what's the impact and what's involved and what decision you need to make to, for the team to move forward. And so having that control or almost like a dashboard of how your project is operating and continuing to take control of it is key to be able to know everything, all the pieces, how they come together. Even though you may not need to know how to hammer, use a hammer to nail the, the walls, but you actually do need to know the overall arching of the progression of the project. Right. Because I mean, a lot of them, you, you can't, as a homeowner going through this for the first time, you don't know which, which items, which decisions have dependencies and which ones don't and which ones can kind of live out on their own and you make a decision when you want and which ones are tied to other downstream things that might delay your project if you don't make that decision. And sometimes it's not communicated clearly to you. So I think it's important to try to ask those questions to be able to figure out if you are the one that's causing the delays. Because I think that was my biggest worry was what do I need to do and what do I need to make decisions on? And also being able to have ample time to make those decisions with every decision for the house it's, we don't know very much about it. <laughs> um, we, we did a remodel a while ago and the, everything's constantly changing. So I wanted to make sure that we had enough time to do the research and not make a hasty decision because every decision that you're making is so permanent, <laughs> it right. feels. So right. just to be able to have the time to make it and not delay things. I think That's good. And now let's shift a little bit. You and mom, <laughs> you have two adorable kids. They require a lot of attention. And managing projects requires a lot of effort. How did you go through that, running through the project and while taking care of kids during this COVID period? Well, thankfully, I'm not working right now. So I think that helps. But I think with the knowledge that I've had working within project management lifecycle, I think it, it has helped me, which is interesting. It has definitely helped me in this realm of helping to manage this project um, from a homeowner's perspective. Because of COVID, there was a lot that we couldn't do, which sometimes is a good thing. For example, we can go to a tile stores and, and look at tiles. So I think sometimes when you're given a lot of time, you yeah. waste more time looking at tile and going to a hundred different stores. But when you don't have that time, sometimes it serves you, but you're able to make decisions quicker. That's true. <laughs> so with the kids, Thankfully, we're so blessed that we have a place to live during this time. I think what's tough was not knowing when we're going to move back into our house because of COVID and wanting to have our own space away from our in-laws in the sense that we don't want to bring, we want to keep them safe. That was the main concern. But having kids and everything, I think it, it is stressful. I think anybody going through it, I've gone through it before. And I don't quite remember what decisions were made. I think we, we picked carpet by just Googling what's the top carpet of the year. So I think you could do it if you have not that much time or more time. It just depends on maybe hiring the right professionals to help you through it if you don't have the time. And if you have more time then and you like doing this, then you just have to be able to do some research on your own and have that communication with the folks working with you on the house. So with your kids, were they involved during the design phase or were they part of this, these kind of gushing with renovation of their rooms in particular? Well, they did pick, they wanted um, teal tile and they got it. So that's great. <laughs> <laughs> they actually really love this process. Uh, we've, you, we've driven them by so many times and they've actually seen everything from the ground up and actually have learned a, a lot 
about the process. I mean, we all have as a family and they've seen the design in the beginning. They knew how their room was going to be. I think they, they really enjoyed this process and to be able to have their own space later on. And what about during this design process or construction phase? I assume there will be some discussions that you have to have with your husband as your partner deciding what is the right thing you want to pursue or just buy. Were there a situation where you feel like you have to compromise and how did you reach that and how did you navigate through those discussions? Well, thankfully <laughs> we, we have similar tastes. So there wasn't, I, I've heard that it is hard when there, when husband and wife have completely different views on what's important. We're similar in some things. I think there, there are certain items such as my husband's toilet that he wanted, that there was no compromise. <laughs> so you definitely have to pick and choose what's important. And, and I think we did have those discussions in terms of one of our rooms was going to be an office, but then we didn't quite need that as an office space. Yet we both, especially after COVID, we both value the ability to have a space, a quiet space to work out. So we've had to kind of alter how we were going to use the space that we're going to have. I mean, there's certain things he cares about more than I do. And I just let him make those decisions on his own. And he will do a good job polling people, asking. Um, and I just leave those, those things that he finds, he values more to make decisions on. We weren't involved in everything together. Some things I, I don't even know what appliances we have, honestly. <laughs> well, I'll see you when we move in. No, I think it's great that you guys figure out what your strength and what your preferences or what things that you value most and then divide and conquer and focus on and get things or finish these tasks together and parallel pathing effectively. Love hearing is how your girls were involved from the ground up and able to see this coming together. And I mean, what a phenomenal opportunity for them to recognize this is their childhood home to be built from ground up. And they were part of the discussion. They were part of the decision-making process. And I'm sure it gives them a lot of confidence to know that it's like, I got this. I know how they may not know everything, but they understand the general concept and it's fantastic. They're, they're engaged at that level. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a class on, on remodel that we can <laughs> add to what we've learned during COVID. Right. <laughs> now looking back, if you were to go back a year ago, what would you tell yourself? If I had a time travel back, I think it's un- making sure to understand the bids that you're getting. I think, um, and also getting multiple bids is important. Now that I look back at, you know, some of the bids that we've gotten, don't, don't get wowed by maybe a contractor that comes in flashy cars and, and, and is able to, to produce a 3D image of your house and what it's going to look like. I think that we were almost wowed by all of these bells and whistles up front. And the contract that we got now that I've reviewed it again with a new set of eyes, that contract, we could have really paid a lot more money because a lot of the allowances, um, what I didn't understand before, what I understand now, it was written in a way where later on we would have had to pay a lot more money on tile work, woodwork, things that were not included where the other contractors were supposed to include those in the bid. I think what was helpful is we had the architect have a file so that we were able to try to compare contractors' bids apples to apples. I know it's not quite, you can't, it's hard to do that, but I think it's essential to at least try to have contractors compare it that way. So you get a good sense of who's going to overcharge you on certain items. And if you don't have that document, 
then there's a chance that once you sign that contract, you may not know what you're paying for and where that money is allocating. So if you wanted to go off and buy your own garage versus the one that's in the contract with the allowance, you may not know how much money in that contract is allocated for a garage, for example. So I think being able to have a contractor that is willing to put all that on paper so that you can refer back to it, I think is very important. So it helps with your comfort level throughout the process project as well. That's really good advice. As you're finishing up, what are the top three things that you look forward to when you move back to your new home? Well, definitely the the office that turned into a gym. Like, you know, it has to feel very zen. So it could be yoga and cycling. I think now as we've, we're in a new, a new world where working out at home is important, just like working from home is important. I think having that space is going to be great. And then also I think having a good backyard space, once that's done, I think a lot of people, when they do their remodel, they, they leave landscaping for maybe a year or two later. But in this new world that we live in, where backyard space is so essential to be able to even hang out with family and friends, we value that. And, and that's what's hard is we know that we, we need to spend that money right away versus being able to have the opportunity to wait a year or two. If we ever want anybody to visit us. <laughs> um, I think having the loft area upstairs, an ability to see the kids while they're doing their homework, while we're cooking downstairs, having that direct view is something we're also looking forward to. And just more light in the house and having a smart home. I, I'm not exactly sure yeah. that's my husband's area. I know he's trying to learn and, and make the house smart. So I think that I'm going to look forward to all those things. Well, I'm super excited for your new home. I can't wait for you to move in. And why not? I can't wait to see everything come together. (laughs) I'm very excited for you. And thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom with all of our homeowners. And this is where, as a community, we got to help each other. And your wisdoms definitely would transcend for many projects forward. So thank you for taking your time and speak with us today. Oh, of course. Anytime. Thank you so much, Grace. Thanks for listening to this episode of Revivify Podcast, where we speak with Lucinda Wong and I hope you enjoyed listening to her about her experience of renovating her home. We're committed to support you through the home improvement project. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. Brought to you by Bayrap.